Hi, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli, and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program, uh, one of the things that we did in the first fund, which has been a differentiator for the fund uh, over a period of time, is not only we got institutional investors, we also got some of the most well-known founders in the country to invest in the fund. That allowed us a very strategic deal flow. Uh, also help in diligence and uh, finally also co-investing with these founders into new age startups. That's after these headlines. India may record an unprecedented 600,000 new infections a day if the country fails to boost the pace of vaccination and avert a third coronavirus wave, according to a new study, Bloomberg reports. The National Institute of Dis- Disaster Management, which falls under the Interior Ministry, predicts a surge in cases as early as October. Daily infections could reduce to 200,000 if the government executes its 10 million a day vaccination plan, the report stated, citing a study by Pandit Dindayal Upadhyay Energy University and Nirma University. Infosys has three weeks to fix the bugs in the new income tax site the IT giant built for the country, Economic Times reports. Infosys CEO Salil Parekh was summoned yesterday by Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman for the second time since the portal went live on June 7th to explain why the site remained glitchy after it went offline over the last weekend. Parekh briefed the minister that 750 people were working on the IT site, personally led by COO Praveen Rao, according to ET. Apple CEO Tim Cook, Microsoft's CEO Satya Nadella and Amazon CEO Andy Jassy are among the bosses of America's biggest tech companies who have been asked to meet US President Joe Biden on Wednesday to discuss cybersecurity, Bloomberg reports. A wave of cyber attacks this year has heightened concerns at governments around the world over the state of critical public and private networks, notably an attack on the computer systems that controlled one of America's largest oil pipelines, forced the company operating it, Colonial Pipeline, to shut it down in May and pay a ransom of 75 Bitcoin. IBM revealed some details of its upcoming TLM processor designed to bring deep learning inference to enterprise workloads to combat fraud in real time. TLM is IBM's first processor that contains on-chip acceleration for AI inferencing, while a transaction is taking place, the company said in a press release. Three years in the making, this new on-chip hardware acceleration is designed to help customers achieve business insights at scale across banking, finance, trading, insurance applications and customer interactions. A TLM-based system is planned for the first half of 2022, IBM said. Zetwork which operates a business-to-business marketplace for manufacturing items, has become the latest unicorn in India after raising $150 million in fresh funding. The Series E investment was led by New York-based D1 Capital Partners, joined by Avenir and IIFL. Existing investors Green Oaks Capital, Lightspeed Venture Partners, Sequoia Capital and Axel also invested in the round as did several high-profile angel investors, including Kunal Shah of Cred and Ritesh Agarwal of Oyo, according to TechCrunch. The new investment values Zetwork at $1.33 billion, roughly doubling its value from February when the company had raised its Series D round. 
Earlier this month, Stellaris Venture Partners, an early-stage VC firm in India, announced the close of its second fund at $225 million. The firm, which has backed startups such as M-Fine, Watfix and Mama Earth, is looking to invest in a new wave of Indian startups ranging from consumer brands from India looking at international markets to cloud software companies focused on artificial intelligence. Rahul Chaudhary, a partner at Stellaris, discussed the firm's plans ahead with me yesterday. Here's how our conversation went. Rahul, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you for making time for this. Uh, within the startup world and among uh, VC uh, companies and so on, you're of course already well known and some of your portfolio companies are also already doing uh, quite well and have grown significantly in value. I mean, Mama Earth and M Fine and Watfix also, I think, uh, in SaaS. Uh, for people who are not uh, very familiar with your work, uh, tell us a bit about how you came to start uh, Stellaris and I'll have some follow-on questions. Sure, sure. So Stellaris got started in 2016 and uh, basically it was Alok, Ritesh, myself, we had spent uh, several years at Helion Ventures prior to this, had worked together and then in 2016 decided to come out and start our own fund. Uh, our idea was to continue investing in early stage and tech. That is what we had done in Helion, uh, having seen some very large successful startups that we invested behind out there. So when we started Stellaris, the idea was to continue doing that, which was early stage basically being seed and series A, and uh, companies that use technology uh, to differentiate in its business model. Uh, one of the things that we did in the first fund, which has been a differentiator for the fund uh, over a period of time, is not only we got institutional investors, we also got some of the most well-known founders in the country to invest in the fund. That allowed us a very strategic deal flow, uh, also help in diligence, and uh, finally also co-investing with these founders into new age startups. Uh, the fund continues to stay focused on uh, early stage, as I said. Uh, we have also, as a fund, I would say, as, as you mentioned, Ari invested in companies like Mama Earth, Watfix, Shop 101, M Fine, Slintel, Sinezy. Uh, several of these companies have done quite well. Uh, yeah, and in, in part of the second fund, the idea is to uh, find uh, more such companies going forward in the future. Hmm. Uh, while you said that you wanted to continue uh, uh, doing work that you were familiar with when you came out of Helion and started Stellaris, were there also some specific things that you wanted to do differently? Yeah, so the first thing, as I mentioned, we wanted to more proactively involve some of the most successful founders uh, as we were building the fund. We do believe, uh, you know, a lot of new companies uh, come from one of the large tech startups. That is where new age founders are coming from. So having access to that network was important. Uh, we also wanted to be very stage focused, uh, which is only to early stage and only do tech. Uh, that was uh, basically narrowing of the focus uh, and also recognizing the opportunity that tech uh, can bring uh, as far as outcomes are concerned. Uh, so yeah, those are the two things that we changed uh, over a period of time uh, from what we had been doing in past. Hmm. You've uh, recently announced the close of your second fund at uh, $225 million, I think. and. Uh, tell us about uh, the kind of uh, founders and startups and uh, sectors that you want to invest in from this fund. 
So there are there are several interesting themes that we like, and these themes keep on evolving every few years. Uh, sitting from where we are, we are quite bullish on the whole creator economy that is getting created. Uh, there are several models that we are seeing uh, around software for this creator economy. Uh, you know, tools for these creator economies, destination site for these creator economies. Embedded finance continues uh, to be an important area that we focus on. uh and that i think will percolate different kind of business models uh we like uh ai based saas uh in the first one we had invested behind few companies uh in that in that model uh sinzi being one of the companies that has scaled really well uh and we continue to want to back companies that use ai plus saas targeting global markets uh devops is another area of focus for the second fund uh and and so is uh building global consumer companies from india that's another area that we find very interesting uh, and we will see more and more of that happen we already have few examples in education in consumer brands that has happened uh, we we feel that lot more companies will get created from india for global consumer market so yeah so these are some of the areas that we really like uh and focused on or will focus on for next few years from fund 2 Uh, two or three of these, uh, I want to ask you a little bit more about uh, the first one. Of course, you mentioned it, uh, this whole creator-led uh, economy. I also read a portion of a blog post on your website uh, recently. I think from July about uh, creator-led communities. Uh, so, why this excitement about uh, uh, community digital communities uh, at this time in India? What is it that you see happening in this space now? so there are two or three things that have changed over last two years one i would say there were a lot of creators who were there on existing social media platform so be it youtube be it facebook be it instagram be it share chat there are a lot of influencers who are there who have built good amount of follower base uh today their primary mode of monetization is uh, ads that brands spend money on either directly or on those platforms and they get a share of those ads we think that over a period of time that need not be the only way for them to earn money and this is becoming a serious business for several thousand of these people uh so ad monetization is just one portion we think transaction based monetization is something that will kick in in future and that can be uh let's say somebody uh talking about inspirational leadership on youtube but then doing a paid course for a percentage of their followers where they will pay 10000 rupees to this person and do a paid course outside youtube so that is one example of what a creator economy can do the second trend that has happened in last two years is because of covid lot of individual professionals who never were on social media are now on social media so i don't know if you guys have seen but in healthcare there are several doctors who have now got 50000 plus followers just giving healthcare advice now this was a this was the these are the stream of people who are quite knowledgeable but never utilize social media and as they are coming online again we think the size of the base of people who are on social media will go up again leading to different models of uh, you know monetization which is their creator economy kicks in and then the third one is uh, india is a talent pool for global markets that is something that we had not till now thought of but be it in content be it in digital marketing be it in technology 
India has a large base of users who can be part of global uh, companies, and that's the third area where you know, let's say, and there is an example of a company called Pepper Content, which essentially allows content writers to get business from global markets. But that's an example where you can have an individual uh, who can earn money. You have platforms like Fiverr and all, who allows you to earn money as a designer uh, from customer anywhere globally. So these are two, three trends that have happened. And at least we strongly feel that more and more young folks who are entering into the employment journey of their life, they will like to be independent and want to earn their own money without being constrained by having to work in a company. Uh, so that's a long-term trend that you're backing on or banking on. Hmm. And uh, what are the kinds of uh, startups that you see coming up uh, you know, which are looking to tap the opportunity that's coming out of the uh, creator-led communities? Actually, several of them, several of them. So I would say there are vertical players. So there are players who are, let's say, building an astrology business or a healthcare business or an education business where a single destination site is where a customer comes, but behind the scene, the supply consists of individual creators from those verticals. And a customer has a possibility of listening to that individual, get paying to that individual or taking service of that individual. That's one example. There are Shopify equivalent models that are coming up, which allows these individual creators to build what Shopify did for individual brands or sellers. These websites or these tools are doing it for creators, allowing them to build their own presence on the internet. There are community tools that are coming up where if you are running a community today, the only way to do that is either use WhatsApp or, or Telegram. Uh, what if you had a more structured community tool? where you can give them free advice, but once in a while charge them for paid content. Uh, what if you could, you know, allow people to discover other communities? Those are not the features that WhatsApp and Telegram are built for. So these are some examples. And then there are more and more I can think of, you know, people who allow creators to manage, uh, uh, you know, their own income uh, as a software. Uh, that's another opportunity. Globally, there is this company called Patreon, which has done very well uh, on the newsletter side and allowing people to monetize their work. So, so multiple of such business models that are coming up, and I'm sure there are several that I can't even imagine founders will come up with those business models uh, over the next few years. Hmm. Uh, on to uh, embedded finance. This is something that uh, I am, uh, even as a, an outside observer, I'm also hearing more and more these days, although I would imagine the concept is not necessarily new, but uh, the way I Im imagine it, uh, I mean, the digital tech makes it more interesting, I guess, for example, giving somebody the option of, I mean, the simplest example that I know is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, the ability to give somebody to pay later. Uh, but, but for folks who are less familiar, uh, maybe you could give us a better understanding of what embedded finance is all about and why it is becoming bigger today? See, if you look at very simply the definition of embedded finance is how do you integrate financial services into traditionally what is non-financial business? So your example of buy now, pay later essentially is a case of I'm in an e-commerce transaction and this becomes an interesting financial service that gets embedded in e-commerce transaction, right? Similarly, Similarly, you know, we recently looked at several companies which are easing out APIs 
from banks core banking system and make it easy to use now that is that that kind of a service allows you to offer a a financial product again within a non financial experience of your customer so for example if you are a software provider to small and medium businesses let's say you are a software provider that allows a small medium business to uh, to uh, you know to build their website right there are a lot of these website oriented tools now what if for the money that comes in into the transaction that happens on a website what if you gave me a a a, a dynamic fd product where my money can be kept and can be uh, can earn best interest possible based on two three bank accounts that i have now today that money goes into my one bank account and sits in my current account but if there was a way to put a rule that you know whatever above an amount i will put it into fd i'll break it whenever you need i'll put it into the fd that give you into the bank that gives you the best interest this is one example of embedded finance coming into a software world and there are several examples in payments in savings bank in credit cards in fds as i said uh, we can go on and on but there are several such examples uh, that becomes uh, interesting play and you are right it was not something that was new uh, i think more and more uh, companies are have woken up to this realization that they should offer this kind of a service to keep customers sticky also is an extra revenue enhancement opportunity and lot more banks are now ready to uh, be open to open or to be, be open to make their banking system more easily accessible so both sides have woken up to this opportunity and you know these are like decade long uh, 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 you know markets uh, that will continue to evolve and create large companies hmm. if you uh, step back and look at uh, the vc scene in india today um give us a sense of what has changed over the last 5 6 years from the time that you started stellaris what is different today so lo- i would say you know every 5 year there are if you look at last every 5 year if you see there is there are a lot of changes that happen in the indian startup ecosystem uh in last 5 years it's been amazing first of all on uh, on the capital side uh i would say lots and lots of angel investors have come up who are ready to back a founder just be beyond conviction in the team and that is that allows lot more startups to get funded in you know with half a million 1 million kind of investment and get started so that that base was missing 5 years back the other thing that has happened is on the top end or the later stage of the market where lot more stage specific specialist funds have been created uh and that is you know series b series c series d oriented fund and that was the capital that india always lacked there were a lot of uh, you know like if you look at series a there were 10 15 funds uh 10 years back uh but there were hardly any series b or c stage specific fund most of those capital most of that capital came from global funds but now we are seeing more local fund getting created so that is one piece that has happened the second which is more a last year last one year of uh, phenomena is tech companies going public that allows to showcase to the global investors that india can produce, produce large tech companies and final liquidity is possible so that that was one thing that was always a question 5 years back and but has been answered and then the third piece is quality of founders 
you know every 5 years i've seen a dramatic change in the kind of founders we see and last 4 5 years has, has you know has even gone beyond that imagination uh, we are seeing people who have built large businesses within a ola or a flipkart or an amazon or a mintra now wanting to come out and be on their own and that 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 is great because that shortens the learning curve for the founders they already seen you know what mistakes one makes and then they don't make those mistakes again so yeah so these are uh, two three changes i've seen in last 5 years uh, all all going in positive direction for the startup world hmm. uh, on the ai based uh, saas companies uh, i guess that is one specific area of interest in saas uh, in that context uh, i mean i understand the interest in saas obviously it's a huge opportunity uh, uh but i just want to ask beyond uh, saas in the broader sense do you see uh the so called deep tech companies uh coming out of india yeah, yeah definitely as i said signzy is one example we have another company called splintel which is doing that in data as a service business uh and there are many more companies in india uh so i'll give you i'll tell you what signzy does signzy basically automates your banking backend or back office uh by doing what typically would take 2 3 days it takes them a minute to do which is yeah, they use machine learning and ai to identify fraud in financial documents and they do it based on image recognition based on past patterns based on video recognition textual recognition and as they have as they have done it the technology is only improved because they have more and more data to figure out whether when i gave my driving license to icic bank to open a savings bank account did i give a fraud license or did i give a original license uh, so there are a lot of those checks that they are able to do and that is all possible because of how uh, technology has changed uh, on the deep tech side also we have seen companies uh, and most of them end up addressing global markets uh, but there are a lot of companies in india uh, who are doing that uh, and again you know it is always been a question of talent again the talent is now starting to get created uh uh and we will see hopefully more companies in that area mm. to bring it back and tie it into your second fund uh typically what is uh, uh your investment uh, method uh, what kind of check sizes do you prefer to go with and uh, and how many for how many rounds do you like to back your companies so uh, uh you know what is one other thing that is different about stellaris is uh we 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 feel that the era of generalist investors are over what you need are specialist investors now as a fund we are sector agnostic but as a team each one of us pick up a space and specialize in that uh, and that is the method that we adopt which is to say if i look at education then i will look at everything in education what that means is i get to know different models that are working out i build that you know muscle memory over a period of time to pick the right model and right team as and when they come through uh we are in that sense very top down driven as well uh we build a top down view on a space before we invest in that in a, in, a, in a company so that is one piece the second is uh we are also not uh, uh an investor which is driven by fomo so you will see us being very consistent as far as the pace of investing is concerned we don't believe that one year is suddenly great another is suddenly bad because you know when we are backing these companies we are backing them for 8 10 years uh and hence having a constant pace of investing makes sense 
एज एन इन्वेस्टर वी कम इन एट सीड और सीरीज है सो आर चेक साइजेस कैन रेंज फ्रॉम एज लो एज टू फिफ्टी थाउजेंड डॉलर एंड वी आर एबल टू पार्टिसिपेट इन मोस्ट ऑफ द सीरीज एन इन द कंट्री रेंज फ्रॉम सिक्स टू एट मिलियन डॉलर Uh, so does that answer the question? Sorry, I, I don't know if I answered all all the points that you were asking. No, no, this is good. In fact, this point about uh, uh, specialists uh, versus generalists uh, is interesting. Uh, just to follow up on that, uh, uh, why do you say that uh, uh, you know the age of generalist generalist investors is waning? Because because we are seeing see ten years back we saw companies who were building. online first models so you know what what ola did and what flipkart did and uh, other startups did at that time was saying whatever you doing offline let me bring it online now what is happening now is we are seeing version 2 version 3 of those businesses so now it is no longer about i build an e-commerce company now it is about i will build a social commerce company which will be different than what flipkart does i will compete with flipkart right so what that means is you need to be more nuanced in the investments you are making there are companies who are now so another example consumer brands right there are a lot of investors who invest in d2c brands but now there are businesses who are saying i'll build a specific tool for a d2c brand now if you don't understand d2c brands you can't back a company that will build a tool for a d2c brand and similarly if you don't understand commerce you can't back a social commerce company if you don't understand saas you can't back a ai based saas company so these are examples where if you don't understand that space you know you might be lucky few times but it is very hard at least in our in our mindset it is very hard to be convinced uh, about a, a startup before you invest in it so that is why we feel uh, you know as as some as new companies are coming through uh, you need a more nuanced view of the space before you make uh, a bet in those companies excellent uh, very interesting conversation rahul uh, thank you again for making time at short notice today uh, and i hope to keep the conversation going sure that was rahul chaudhry that's it for today's briefing you can find all our podcasts on forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps i'm hariyarakli thank you for listening